Guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast. I am Miguel. Episode 84, almost at 100p Ross. Good morning. Yes, how's it sir. going? It's going, man. I'm back in the building. Shout out to Dave and Omar. You seem a little what a tired fantastic today. Fantastic job they did. Oh, it was to rock all night, bro. Oh, Ciroc that's why. That's it. Our guests will understand why you're <laughs> kind of kind of down night. today. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Omar and uh, Dave came and almost took your took your spot, man. What's up with that? I don't know, man. But it it was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed them. You know, yeah, they did a great job. They're good, man. But today we got somebody that I that I want to publicly thank. I know I, I've I've talked about Sam before, and um, you know Sam from the Casual Watch Reviews uh, channel uh, actually featured me on his channel when I had less than a hundred subscribers. So I'll let you do the official. Uh, intro, sure you, Ross. Do you want to do the intro? No, that's very sure. boring. My intros are boring. I are just you? wanted to publicly thank them before the whole hype and before you start doing your thing. Okay. okay. I wanted to take a minute of my of, of this podcast and this video to thank Sam for the opportunity. But do your thing, P. Ross. Okay. First of all, we have a brother in the building. Hashtag watch fam, of course. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Back like cook crack. You understand? We have Sam from Casual Watch Reviews in the building. Uh, get into it. <laughs> wow, well, thanks. I feel like I should record that for my for all the intros of my reviews. No, I really appreciate that. <laughs> hey, you, Glad to be on. If, if you want an intro, I'll be happy to make it for you. All right. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. How's it going, Sam? Yeah, it's going really well. I'm glad to be on. I know we've been chatting back and forth about this a, a while, but we you know, mm -hmm. we run our own show as well. So yeah, I'm glad that the kind of timing aligned. And sorry, Chris couldn't be on, but we'll definitely have him on a future one. Oh, yeah, for sure. We definitely need to, need to collaborate. So I, I guess for people watching and listening, let's let them know who you are and what got you into watch collecting. And, and that way they kind of know who they're watching and listening to yeah, absolutely. So I run a watch review channel called Casual Watch Reviews. It used to be called The Casual Watch Reviewer, but we kind of tightened it up recently. Right. I cover watch reviews. Mainly my focus is that mid-range, predominantly micro brand. So I really am excited about the micro brand industry, especially US micro brands, some incredible stuff. So I cover micro brands in that 500 to 1,000 range and then i also run a weekly show with chris who's my co-host called casual watch talk where we cover the news horology news for the week and then we also do interviews so not that dissimilar than uh, your channel guys yeah yeah for sure what why do you give uh, chris a shout out what's his hashtag on instagram yeah so his hashtag on instagram is everyday mastery and he's Chris comes at watch collecting with an engineer's mind. He's also really into rally car racing mm -hmm. and a whole of other whole host of other sort of technical mechanical tasks. So he comes at watches very much about the mechanics of them. And he's he mods his own watches. He's very into the movements, how they work, how to regulate watches. So he comes at it from that side. Whereas I would say I'm more aesthetic in, in yeah. the way that the watches look. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I I know you had a Seiko that wasn't running too well, and 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 your buddy Chris kind of uh, regulated the the watch for you, even modified it, right? So. 
Yeah, and this is a, a kind of a theme on our show is that we kind of no holes barred when it comes to praising Seiko for all the good that they do, but also pointing out when they do a few missteps. And it, it certainly feels to me like they've been doing a few missteps recently. But um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately they have. But before we move forward, I, I forgot to do a wrist check. Sam, I, I keep seeing something on your wrist and I can't figure out what you have. So, Oh, yeah, today I am... I've got my, I don't know if I, oh, I, dare, yes. I, I hesitate to call it vintage because it's from 1999 and that would really date me, but it's a Breitling B1. So it's an Annie mm. Digi yeah, B1, cool. one of my favorite watches, especially when I'm traveling. It's very precise. It's quartz, of course. It's got that analog digital. Nice. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of these, these. I'm going through a real quartz phase at the moment. I've got this, I've got the Omega X33. I don't know what's uh, maybe it's the pandemic made me feel like I needed something <laughs> I you, more. You precise. picked up a, a mm. Citizen, right? Do you still have the Citizen watch, or did you end up getting rid of that? Yeah, I got rid of that one. I, you know, I'm running the watch review channel. I, I don't know if this is the same with you, Miguel, but because I'm constantly getting watches sent in all the time, I, I forget uh, kind of out of sight, out of mind. So I forget that I've got some watches. I'm like, oh, should, oh I, should I sell that one or should I move it along? So yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm a, a watch lover, but not necessarily a collector in terms of, I don't have a large collection. I have, you know, perhaps four or five pieces that will never leave the collection, but the the rest is is all, all for play, all in play. <laughs> now, one of those pieces, mm. if I remember correctly, it was your grandfather's watch that he gave you, correct? Yeah, I've got two of my grandfathers. One, my I, I live in the US now. My mum's from America, but she's lived in the UK since the 70s. So I grew up in the UK. I've only been in the US the last five years. So I'm lucky enough to have my grandfather's Timex watch, Ooh. my US grandfather's Timex watch, and then my British grandfather's uh, LCD Casio from the 70s, mm. one of the first ones. Oh, wow. So yeah, so lucky cool. enough to have both of those. That's so cool, man. So I know at one point you had a, a CWC watch, correct? And and this was like early on before the whole hype and before they were like super expensive. Yeah. Well, that's another keeper in the collection. I had a, I've got a CWC, the one that's affectionately called the G10. I actually gave that to my father-in-law. He wore it for, for a while. Unfortunately, he passed away. So that came back in my collection, but mm. This is a whole subject in itself, the CWC watches, because when I was growing up as a kid, my mum was really into antiques fairs. And those CWCs, when they were still issued and in the 90s, early 2000s, you could pick them up at antiques fairs for £20, £40, so like less than $50. And there were Mm. tons of them on eBay. It's only recently in the last couple of years that they've got very expensive and and i don't think that that's doing the brand many favors really especially considering it was such a utility at one time that's pretty interesting and and what do you what do you think contributes to that is it the fact that things people became interested in like um military stuff or what 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 do you think contribute to to the hype that's a good point i think it's they're playing on this same 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 with the US where you have a, a deep pride for the military the same is in the UK the Brits have a deep pride for the uh, you know the Royal Navy the army the British Army I think they're playing on that nostalgia 
of the C of the CWC watches because the brand was actually sold to one of their distributors, which was called Silverman's, and Silverman's was a army surplus store at one time, and they've run with it the last couple of years. So they're the ones that are hiking up the prices. But a lot of people don't know this is that CWC watches aren't military issued anymore. In fact, they haven't been for a long time. The British military uses citizen watches mm. as their army issues. And of course, the iconic Seiko that you always see, that chronograph that was the pilot's one. CWC hasn't been army issued for a long time. And in fact, even when it was, there was a debate about how easy they were to, to get hold of. I think they're overplaying their hand on that, if I'm being honest. They're, these these watches that they're charging $300 for, there's no way anywhere near that they're worth that based on the fact that that MCW company makes an identical watch, like a homage, you could say, to that CWC watch for considerably less so we you know that the cases can be made the movements can be made a lot cheaper i'm actually planning to do an upload on this because i did freedom of information request to the british military to find out exactly what was going on there but uh interesting yeah i know uh, i'm sorry go ahead oh go ahead you had mentioned um micro brands in the beginning which micro brands do you think are moving in the right direction that, yeah, a great question. I am a huge fan of a, a huge fan of the US based micro brands. Mm-hmm. So Veya, fan favorite of mine, I've followed them since they started. They started off with a very simple quartz watch and now they've gone to a mechanical dive watch, which is great value. And they give they give everyone choice. So you've got one that's got the Swiss movement in it I believe they're using uh, miota movements made in switzerland and then they do a u.s assembled one which is assembled by i believe it was an old watch factory in chicago and mm. they're putting it in miota movements um and they're creating they're trying to do as much as they can in the u.s so i like to support mm. those but then there's some fantastic stuff i'm sure you guys have seen it coming out of uh, singapore so they are um razor watches and then you've got boulder Hong Kong, you've yeah. got Phoebus coming out there as well. There's some incredible value for money brands, putting Seiko to shame, but also some of the, the other big brands as well. I mean, Phoebus, Boulder, offering fantastic value for money. Boulder, mm. completely unique designs. No homage right. watches or referencing any other watches. All titanium cases. I mean, you know, Omega made a huge song and dance about their Omega, uh, their Omega James Bond watch, the titanium version, mm-hmm. about having a titanium case. I would argue that Boulder are knocking out just as good titanium cases on sub five hundred dollar watches. Mm. Wow, that's a big statement. Cool. Yeah, and I've I've yeah. never handled a Boulder in the metal, but from the marketing, from the images, from the reviews, and I know you've reviewed a few. They look fantastic. Like oh, a yeah. lot of you get a lot for your money. Yeah, that's really mm. cool. Well, P Ross, what are you rocking, man? Um, I am wa- rocking the official watch of the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast. Flightmaster. Flightmaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. On the King Leather Strap. Shout out. You know Andrew. what I mean? Shout out to Andrew. So, I don't know if you could see it. The almighty, the thing that started my collection, Seiko SKX 007, of course. Have it on this Artham Cellclot strap. Amazing straps for the money. 
And nice. I never modified this watch. And I'm glad I, I've, I've been asked like, oh, are you ever going to modify it? And, and I'm like, no, I want to keep it as original as possible because I know where these things are headed. So we'll see. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Um, You've been in the YouTube space for a long time. What's been the biggest challenge and the biggest rewards? Now, how long, before you answer the question, how long have you been on YouTube, Sam? Wow. Well, I started, in terms of years, this is nothing really, but in terms of the YouTube space, it seems a millennia. But I started, I think my first videos were from 2015. And mm -hmm. it was when I first moved to the US. I My wife didn't move over with me straight away. We were applying for a visa for her. So mm -hmm. I was here a, a while before she joined me and I knew I wanted to do something with YouTube and I really loved watches, but I kind of played with a few ideas, but then you've got to think about how many ideas could you stretch out to a full channel, maybe 200 episodes. Cause a lot of things that you subjects you think about you, they're probably five videos at best, or, you know, you would run out of steam where the watch, community is small but it's so exciting like there's always something new new watches that are coming out from all sorts of brands so I, I really got into it then seriously really only probably the last three years where it was consistently uploading the biggest ch well for any watch youtuber the biggest challenge is to get to that thousand subs it's a it's a hard section to get to a thousand subscribers and I know, Miguel, we spent a long time talking back and forth about how to get to a thousand. I think that's the the turning point when brands start to recognize you, yep. getting the quality. Also, I, I feel like in, in our space, there's a lot more investment that needs to be made on the equipment side, especially when you're talking about macro photography. You can't, you can start out doing it on a on a phone with a macro lens, but then it, it, when you get serious about it the so you have to have a bit of money it's it's, it's expensive side to do especially because you're reviewing your own watches at the start so that's probably the biggest challenge is getting started and mine's not a big channel the biggest rewards i mean this is going to sound cheesy but it's definitely the people that you meet along the way uh, the subscribers absolutely 100%. yeah it it lends itself to an an older audience, although I'm sure we'll talk about this later, that there's probably a lot more younger people getting involved in the YouTube scene, but it lends itself to a, originally when I started out as an older audience that was consuming that content. So you don't get a lot of the trolling or the, the hassle in the, <laughs> the comment section. I know that puts a lot of people off from yeah. starting a channel is this, um, that they're worried about the comments that you get, but I would say, don't, don't worry at all about that. Yeah, no, you're right. I think the demographic has definitely changed in this watch space. And I think that's why uh, channels doing homage watches do very well, because a lot of the new collectors may not have a lot of money. And they're probably like college students wanting to get into mechanical timepieces. But then they look at the price tag and they're like, whoa, do I pay my tuition and buy my books or do I buy a watch? Right. And it makes complete sense that people would go the homage route and, um, I don't have anything against people buying homage watches, but I know we talked a little bit about homage watches and, and I think you feel the same sentiment that we do. Although we respect them, we don't necessarily want to own them ourselves. So 
let me stop there and ask you, what are your thoughts on homage watches? We've asked a lot of our guests, but what are your thoughts on them, whether it be positive or negative and why? Yeah. I have probably a an opinion on it that I know not necessarily is similar to every, everyone else's. And I know okay. this because the videos that I've done on it, the, the people who are really into the homage watch scene, very passionate about the way that they collect watches. And I, I think you're right. New collectors certainly look at those watches because they have a familiar design. A lot of them look like Rolexes, it's fair to say. Yeah. I think as you get mm. more educated into watch collecting, you realize that you can get a lot of watch for... $200, you can get watches with Swiss movements, with ETA movements, Hamilton Khaki is um, yeah. less than four, $450, isn't it? it, it yes. There it is. Probably one of the best value Swiss luxury watches that you can get into Hamilton. And I think it's re it, it shows once you get more, it's the same with anything, isn't it? Once you get more, educated about a subject and you start learning about how things are made and how they're done. My view on homage watches is that I specifically think about ones like Pagani, mm -hmm. Parnis design, Steinhardt, for example, is that the designs are so close to the watch that they're paying, that they're paying homage to, let's say that I think it's, it's kind of fooling people into thinking that what you get with a Rolex versus what you get with a homage watches is, is that, that, that is a lot tighter. Yeah. But once you start handling these luxury watches, whether it be Rolex or even Omega, I know Miguel, you're, you're a big fan of Omega. Mm -hmm. it, the gap is a lot bigger than what the YouTube review scene lets on in terms right. of, I know certain reviewers review them as if they're way, hey, this is as, this is the next best thing to a Daytona or this is, you know, a so-and-so -so version. They're worlds apart. And I, I know a lot of people struggle with equating the value of a Rolex to what the watch itself is. And you're right, but a, a Rolex is an investment. But I think as a watch collector, you can still appreciate watches, even if you can't afford them. I certainly do. There's watches that I really respect, but I yeah. can't justify the cost for them. So I don't really settle on this argument of I'm a huge fan of the Submariner. So therefore I will buy a homage because it's like the next best thing or because I, I'm somehow like owned the right to that Rolex design because Rolex is expensive, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think it's kind of got carried away and, and we're seeing the repercussions aren't we within the watch review community i know certain watch reviewers yeah. have been got in trouble where they've reviewed watches that have the appearance of a submariner or a omega or something like that and they've used those trademark terms in relation and they've got themselves in trouble a little bit but uh, just my view on it speaking of Steinhardt, besides price do you think Steinhardt gets a little bit more respect in the watch community versus a Pagani design? I think you're spot on there. Yeah. And this is, I think this is probably not what maybe is as bad as, because the thing with Steinhardt is 
they've proved time and time again that they can make a quality watch. Anyone mm. who's ever owned a Steinhardt, you never hear about them complaining about the quality right. or the mechanical movement. I know Chris had a, who I do the show with, he had a Steinhardt on a time grapher. It was running Cosk plus or minus two seconds. It was running a Swiss wow. movement. So it seems almost even worse because it's like, we know you can make a quality watch. Why didn't you go down the Damasco route where you've got completely new or Zinn, other Swiss German brands that are doing excellent quality watches with unique designs. It almost makes it worse in my eyes because it's, they thought about everything else except the design and they just looked through all Rolex catalogs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. Yeah. A buddy of mine to Omar timeless sneakers and watches. Obviously we've had him on the show a ton. He, I think he still owns the sign. No, he used yeah. to own the Steinhardt or whatever. He ain't got it no more. I don't know. He got, I think he got rid of it. I but know he loved it. Yeah, it was the the, mm-hmm. the Starbucks version, and and the funny thing that that he kept telling me is like, I got this before even Rolex came out with that colorway. So mm-hmm. I played with the watch, and and yeah, I agree. You know, the quality built was there and everything, but something that just I I, I cannot understand is how am I paying six seven hundred bucks for this homage watch when I could pick up another homage watch for a lot less money? Granted, the quality built was completely different from a Pagani design because I did own a Pagani design and it was the quality just wasn't there it was rough edges bezel was misaligned bezel had a lot of back plate it just wasn't great um screwing in the crown unscrewing the crown was terrible opening up the clasp hurt your fingers I mean people just fooling themselves and I think you hit the hell the head on the the nail on the head yeah the nail on the head when you said that Sam that people are being fooled into think into thinking like well what's the biggest difference between a rolex and this pagani design they look the same like what what is it really worth ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars more to to buy the rolex well i don't know i can't answer that question because mm-hmm. yeah i i see the the prices of, of rolex being ridiculous as well but is it is rolex a way way better watch two three four times better than a pagani design yes i can Absolutely. tell you that with confidence because i've had the opportunity to play with a with a Rolex night and day. You can't even compare them. I mean, they, they may look similar. That's where it ends. That's exactly right. where it ends. But they do not wear similar. They do not feel similar. And they do not retain their value similarly, you know? So that's an interesting topic, you know? But, True that. but again, buy what you like at the end of the day. If you like an yeah. watch and that's what, you, that's what you want to rock, go for it. But do not walk around thinking that you have an expensive watch on your, on your wrist because that's just not true. You're playing yourself, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And also it isn't a line between you buy a Rolex or you buy something that else looks like a Rolex. <clears throat> I mean, we know, we've talked about micro brands, Seiko, Citizen, who make probably some of the best value quartz watches that you can get on the market. Yeah. There isn't a homage watch or a Rolex. The, this this vast number of uniquely designed watches that are individual. I, I mean, you're not, it's, it's so vast the number of watches that are out on the market. It's not really those two choices. You can get a truly original watch for whatever your budget is whether it be mechanical or or quartz and make it individual to yourself instead of feeling like you need a watch that looks like a rolex because that's just what what people do i think yeah no for sure so let me let me put you guys on the spot here this was not planned but i I, and i want to challenge myself too 
a new collector comes on the scene. He reaches out to one of us via Instagram or whatever and says, hey, I want one watch, but one good watch, but I only have 350 bucks. I don't mind if it's new. I don't mind if it's pre-owned. I don't mind if it's cord. I don't mind if it's automatic. I just want to be respected by the watch community. What do you guys recommend? Uh, Who wants to go first? P. Ross. Uh, 350 bucks. Yeah. New, uh, pre-owned, cords, mechanical, whatever. I would go with the Hamilton khaki mechanical. Great choice. For sure. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. All right. Sam? Yeah. Well, it, it, that's definitely a tough one, isn't it? I know it that I've certainly talked about... I mean, I'll, I'll make one statement here because it's it's some of my best performing videos. I think if you've got $70 and you're looking for a mechanical watch... I think the Invicta Pro Diver is is a is an actual is great a great choice. choice, but that's that's it does look. It, I would I wouldn't say it. It's certainly got an appearance of a Submariner, but when you really look at it, the case is totally different, and and so on. But th- three fifty, I would say. I mean, the Hamilton Khaki is a is a great shout. That's that's one that I recommend to everyone. Um, when I'm asked this similar question, but also, I mean, I like what Vea is doing. They've got some mechanicals around that that price range. That new Seiko that they released, the is it the SRPG zero twenty nine? There's right. there's a whole host of what Boulder, a, a lot of their watches. Same with them. If you like a larger watch, a more robust watch, Phoebus, that you can get them around the three fifty mark. Some of the best bracelets in the micro brand world are on Phoebus mm-hmm. watches. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I don't know if I would hit the 350 mark. Of course, Hamilton. I own one. I respect it. I think it's a great watch. However, as a new collector, I don't know if manual wine is something that's going to annoy you because us as watch collectors is cool, right? But a a new guy into collecting, and I'm using my brother-in-law as an example, he got the Islander uh, ISL 40, I think is what it is, the the field watch. Mm -hmm. And he loves it because he doesn't have to worry about it, right? And inch movement in it, and it's 190 bucks, 189 actually. So that's a great watch. Also something that I would recommend, something that I just modified is an Orient. You could go for a Mako, you could go for a Kamasu. And Mm. for less than, 300 or less than 350 bucks not only was i able to get the watch but uh an aftermarket bezel a ceramic insert sapphire crystal and now it's a banger of a watch i mean or you could go the watch of uh, the the route of getting something a li- little less expensive you know uh, maybe in the 150 dollar range and spend the rest of the money on a watch case or watch straps and stuff like that you know but yeah orion hamilton uh islander i mean obviously mark those are more homages but he does a really good job with his homage watches and i know he has some original designs as well or seiko you know you can never mm-hmm. go wrong with the seiko to be honest with you. Uh, g-shock oh yeah you know, g-shock so. in fact i would argue with 350 bucks is. 350 bucks you could build a little collection right dw5600 what is that gonna run you 50 60 bucks 50 bucks 50 bucks and then you get a seiko 5 you know depending on what you get especially if you don't Mm -hmm. care if it's between 70 and 90 bucks yeah exactly and then you have enough money for maybe a little dress watch maybe something from citizen you have your three bases covered right so your your dive watch your everyday watch and your your elegant piece or whatever you know for a job interview so i mean that's yeah, the um, I, I like when you talked about the Islander and Mark Islander 
Long Island watches, the Islander watches. <laughs> the Islander watch is the answer to the question, could Seiko be doing a better job and offering better oh, yeah. value for money? And he's and he's answered it. He's like, yes, they absolutely could. Like, they, they... right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Mark pretty much slapped him in the face. Said, yes, I can. And, and the crazy thing, I was I was talking to Mark the other day, and and I was talking about value with his with his watches, and I I told him I said, hey, in my opinion, you are seriously undervaluing your watches because you get a lot for your money, right? So I own one, and the quality built on it is great. I would argue that is to the same level not the same movement but the same level of quality as my spb 143 which is over a thousand dollars from seiko right so you get a lot with him and furthermore my watch doesn't even have a ceramic bezel it has a like a stainless steel bezel and he's giving you ceramic he's giving you crazy clicks uh great build customer service on point and again this is not paid by mark or, or anything like that i i know the guy but i i recognize what he's giving you is a lot of value and unfortunately i'm not going to throw any micro brands under the bus out there but some of them get a little big and big headed to the point where the hype is created around their brand and now they're they're charging x amount more because of their name but their quality build is just the same as other ones you know but it's the same with rolex and it's the same with other brands it's just about the name and it doesn't necessarily mean that twenty thousand dollars goes towards the product you're paying for that marketing you know so yeah and i would say as well about the the islander and to just refer to our earlier conversation we were having the islander i think is a homage watch it's paying honor to a Seiko design it's paying respect to a Seiko design and it's evolving that design it's better it's it's an improvement on those designs in almost every single way it's paying honor to that whereas you could argue you know the, the other ones that we mentioned before they're not paying respects to a rolex design they are trying to look like a rolex but making no mechanical improvements or design improvements they're not they're not paying respect they're trading off the look instead of i would argue the islander is paying respect to the design and evolving it on Fair mm. point. I, I didn't think yeah. about that. I didn't think about that because, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if Pagani Design is paying homage to Rolex, they can't. I mean, Rolex is already giving you a lot for your money, right? Uh, you got Sapphire, you got Ceramic, you got all kinds of crazy things. So there's absolutely no way that Pagani could give you the same materials, the same stainless steel as Rolex. There's no way. But Mark has done it. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Yeah, although it's an homage of a Seiko, he's giving you a lot more for your money than what Seiko is giving you, you know? So he yeah, definitely it's funny. proofed. I mm. made a comment on my podcast with Ben about the homage watches is that it's similar to me if you say you went to see a, a concert, say you went to see the, the Rolling Stones or whoever, okay. and you got to see them live and experience it live. They wrote the songs that came from the heart they were, or any band that you can mention. And then you go and see, you know, a drunk guy screaming the same lyrics <laughs> at a karaoke. Oh, like God. he's not paying respect to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> like he definitely oh, got in the karaoke bar a lot cheaper than if you went to the concert, but he's in no way paying respect to <gasps> the, 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 the Rolling Stones by, you know, s- screaming uh, their lyrics down the, drunk down the, uh, oh, down the microphone. Wow. I'm sure you got crucified for that in the comments. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. That's insane, man. But yeah, let let's let's talk about another little controversy. Well, 
before we move on from from homages, I just want to make sure that everybody understands this whole homage thing because I've been called out for this as well. And so says every watch out there is an homage of something, <coughs> and the Rolex of Mariners an homage of the the Fifty Fathoms. Yes, but it's what we're talking about is not watches that take you know design cues from another watch we're talking like straight up replica like one-on-one copy one-on-one to me two meters where you can't see the name but it still looks like that watch if you're two meters away from a pagani and you can't see it it still it looks like a rolex like you you could easily (laughs) yes Yes. you could easily um fool somebody but but yeah you're right there's these certain misconceptions isn't there uh about homage that 50 fathoms thing is well the actual story is that they were both working on a waterproof case and they went i mean squale was making the 50 fathoms case anyway and um also somebody kept commenting on mine a few people commented this separately saying well gene um levi strauss made the first set of jeans and now everybody wears jeans because the patent ran out it's like well okay that that might be a good example but that's a hundred years. Is that the, the only example from the last hundred years that? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's different because a pair of jeans is just a pair of jeans. Uh, the watch has so many different features to it. The case, the hands, the bezel, the, I mean, there's so many different things and correct me if I'm wrong. There's a lot of jean companies creating a lot of different jeans that even Levi's doesn't create, right? Different oh, washes, yeah, sure. different fit, different finishes. So mm-hmm yeah i i could see why somebody would call that out but it's kind of stupid then we're talking about cars well who created the first car so everybody in the automobile industry is is imitating everybody else it's like no stupid everybody has their own designs you know mm-hmm. and their own improvements so whatever but speaking of controversy um our last episode and i, I know you did this episode as well on your podcast uh, and this is time, peace, gentlemen. So in our last uh, podcast, mm-hmm. now P. Ross, you weren't there, so I didn't even get your opinions. But uh, basically, these guys went silent mm-hmm. for a week. They disappeared. Everybody was freaking out, making the worst assumptions, right, that uh, that they took off with millions of dollars and watches on consignment, and they just played everybody. And uh, they put out a video this past Tuesday, and basically, they're the good guys, guys we cannot criticize them they're doing good they're helping the community they're helping um you know a nonprofit organization so we were all very evil in condemning them sam how dare you p ross you weren't there so i can't say anything to you but omar david how dare you they're the good yeah. guys they're saints right guys oh, no <laughs> no no and i think the apology was crap you know how you can just look at somebody oh yeah you know, and you could just feel it when they talking and like in your soul, and you know it makes you want to throw up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like it was crap. The whole thing was crap, and you and I never really got into timepiece gentlemen anyway. But when I heard about it and I checked it out, and I'm just like, these guys are full of, yeah. You don't curse anymore, but you know. <laughs> so all right, Sam, I want to get your take on it, man. Yeah, I'll I try, try and keep this brief. On the podcast that Chris and I did, we we weren't call, we didn't call them out. We did ask quite early on, and I, we both Chris and I agreed that we thought it was a, some kind of publicity stunt. I didn't buy into the narrative that they'd they'd run off with these watches or that this was some kind of a 
a, a money-making scheme for them and they'd run off with consignment watches. I firmly believe that that new story was planted planted by them because maybe it wasn't planted by them, but it was certainly planted because nobody had heard of that watch blog before. I mean, we've, you know, guys, we've, we've been at this watch collecting game for a long time. We know, we know the publications that are, that are respected within the watch community. I'd never heard of this, that one, that blog before. If Hodinkee had posted it, I mean, I poke fun at Hodinkee all the time, but if they'd posted it, you were like, there, this is this is a serious thing now. But no, nobody other than this one website was talking about there being any right. kind of fraud or whatever. Um, it was, it was, I believe it was, a, we called it as a marked, as a PR stunt. I think that they just, not only did they, they make a serious error of judgment doing this PR stunt, when that apology video doubled down on it. And you're right, Miguel, a lot of the watch community wasn't calling them out. I mean, they focused on Archie Luxury because Archie Luxury was the most vocal at calling them out, but the vast majority of other people were not calling them out. We were saying, we think this is a, a PR stunt. It's not a very well thought out one, but we were kind of giving them the benefit of doubt. But as things have transpired, th- the worst thing I think that they've done is, I, I saw that the, the Roman Schaaf one that he did on holiday yeah he was visibly upset he was visibly upset doing that Mm -hmm. apology and uh, you know a lot of the people that comment on their videos i mean i was a big fan of fan of their stuff i full disclosure a couple of times i emailed them would love to love to have had them on the podcast uh, at that time Uh, uh, but now i think that they've got a lot of repairing to their brand and i'm not sure that they can fully recover from it, to be honest. Um, they've. It would be different if this what this community was a lot bigger, but unfortunately, I don't think you can hide. Like Horology House, for example. Oh man, c- can never make another YouTube video again without right. getting absolutely roasted. I mean, he mm. he arguably he was on a trajectory much in terms of YouTube much better than Timepiece Gentleman because his content was on par with Bark and Jack in terms of filming and stuff. But yeah, I, I think it was a, it was a misstep. I'm not sure they can recover. I don't wish them ill. I hope that they can come back from it, but I'm not fully sure that they can. I mean, what what do you, what do you guys think on it? I know I've been, I've been absorbed in this content for for the last week or so. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, there's a lot of uh, information coming out, right. And as you can see, or you guys saw, they took down that, that uh, video that they came out with, right, about charity and about them ox- oxygen- auctioning the watches or whatever. And it had, that video had more dislikes than likes. And f- when that video came out, they had 111,000 subscribers. This morning when I checked, uh, they were at 108,000. Yeah. So they definitely lost a lot of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at those numbers. I'm like, they lost more subscribers than what my channel even has. Like, that's crazy. Like, ouch. Um, and they're they're definitely feeling it. But it's like, if you were true or, or honest about that charity, there's so many different ways you could have gone about it. But why take down the video? Right? That's your coming out video. That's your, haha, we got you. It was a PR stunt. Well, why, why take it down? And uh, furthermore, I mean, this guy, Anthony, he, he definitely has a big ego. He came out on on IG on his own personal thing and basically in his story said, hey, I deleted the video. There's a lot of negativity. I don't need that in my life. And another thing that he put was 
the minute you put any negative comment on any of my videos on my thing, I'm blocking you. And it's like, he was just angry, mm -hmm. like this angry guy. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God. And now this morning or yesterday, I think he put out an apology video himself, just standing in front of the camera and saying, I messed up, I screwed up, but it's like the whole time he didn't really acknowledge what he screwed up with. Yeah. Well, what are you, yeah. what did you do? What? What, are you, what are you talking about? You know, what, what are you talking about? And in that video of him coming out with, oh, this is a PR stunt, the, the whole video said this was Marco's idea, his partner, yet the apology came from Anthony, right? It's like, well, where's the other Marco guy? If it was his idea, he should be the one apologizing. Mm -hmm. Where is he? Where is he, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, t I, I, I agree with your assessment. That apology video was very groveling. It's probably the most apologetic I've seen somebody on YouTube. I, I think he was being genuine the the i think that should have been the video coming back it was hey we were trying yeah. something it didn't quite work out the video that they did on their comeback oh. it, there was a couple of things that that i think they had a vision for the haha we got you we were doing we were doing charity but they left the clues in that video that pointed to the fact that that wasn't their original intent because when they turned up to that um that uh, uh, women's shelter, very worthy, obviously a very worthy cause in uh, Dallas. They seemed surprised that they were there. I thought <laughs> like, they, do you know what I mean? They were like, and I, I watched a great video. I forget the name. I'm, I'm, I really forget the name of the guy who did it, but he did a fantastic video. He's a watch YouTuber who also works for a nonprofit charity. And he was saying that actually he made a couple of interesting points about the charity thing. Now, they did charity work, which was fantastic. Uh, like, uh, uh, regardless of the way that they did it, they obviously put in five days of complete graft there, and they've they've donated money to them. So all all praise them for that. But they, they, he made some interesting points about the charity angle. The first one is that they they did this auction online of the uh, the ops, and he was saying that actually what they should have done is they should have given those watches to the charity and let the charity auction them because apparently there's some rules around doing raffles and things like that for charity, some very stringent rules. So to help a charity navigate that, they have avenues to do these things. So really they should have given them the watches and said, look, these are the, this is the value of the watch. Mm. And this is what you should expect to, to see. And the other thing as well, he made an interesting point was he said, well, it was fantastic that they did we'll say four days of charity work, even though they said five, because I think, I believe the charity was an afterthought. He thought, well, they had basically six, six or seven people just turn up on mass at each of these charities. It would have been better if one person, you know, one person had gone to a different one each time and they could have done a whole month's worth, you know, like one of the six. So each person does a, a day at the charity, but they all do it separately because when you turn up on mass like that to a charity, sometimes they, they're not expecting that many volunteers in one day. So they don't necessarily know where to put you or whatever. Right. So it would have looked better if they'd done, Oh, well, Marco goes here on one day and you know, Anthony goes here and, and the others, they're kind of spread, spreading the love instead of boom, we've turned up. What do you need us to do? And then they're turning up to each other. And, and I mean, the shame on that is that, they should post those charity links again because I think a lot of the community would donate to them. When they took that video down, they took the charity links down. But the other thing that was a little bit suspicious about the, the charity thing, and I'll get your guys' opinion on this, people have watched the Timepiece Gentleman for a while, and I certainly was one. They did a, a similar charity thing where Darby, their videographer, his friend was, was very ill in, in dire need right. of a kidney transplant. 
and they did a they did a donation thing and they they generated a lot of money they didn't make a big song and dance about it on the channel but they know that they can use that they could have used that channel for incredible good because that 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 that, that guy that they um, raised the money for was, was extremely ill so they they know they can do good for charity it, it, the fact that they the way that they went around it made it almost look conceited i think i feel like i don't know what you guys think on it yeah 100 mm. percent. i think the money and the fame definitely went to their head because it was just maybe too fast for them but i agree i i, I did watch that um particular video when they were uh raising money for that for that gentleman and, and yeah they didn't make a big song and dance about it it was just a part of of that video but it was just mm -hmm. it wasn't a video dedicated towards that and i'm happy Hopefully the money did go to that guy. But uh, yeah, this whole thing with the charities, man. I mean, I, I watched the video that got taken down and I didn't even find, I went to the description. I couldn't even find the links to the charities, let alone now this Lux Report uh, YouTube channel came out with a video uh, and he did a little bit of investigating and he can't even find the links to the Rolex OP where they're being auctioned mm. off. And you're right, Sam. It's like the if they wanted to do this the right way and not scam people, they should have given each watch to each charity and said, hey, this is our gift. You run your charity and that's it. And also, uh, you know, when you do something good for someone, right, you're doing charity or whatever. I, in my opinion, I don't think you should be parading it around or talking about it because if you're doing good it's because you want to do good in your heart not because hey look at me i'm a good person we're a good company we're doing this it's like no you idiot you do your thing do your work maybe film it put it in the background somewhere but that should not be the highlight of oh we went off off whatever to do go do good it's like okay you could have done better by keeping your channel going and then start donating to these uh, charities but now mm -hmm. it backfired because now you burn yourself now you burn these charities because now i'm looking at these charities thinking were they in on it what was this deal what was the purpose yeah. that they have another dealing behind closed doors that it's like yeah i can make you more money but give me a part of it or our business is generating so much money, we're taking cash offers that the government doesn't know about. Maybe the FBI is sniffing around. If we get involved with the with the charity work at the end of the year, year when we do our taxes, we could write everything off and it kind of washes out. I don't know. I'm not an accountant, but it just it just it doesn't seem. Right. Yeah, I think also what was telling just to respond to the point about the charity as well is, you know, they were associating Rolex. I wonder how Rolex would think about that, oh. whether they would, they, whether the charities have to be careful about that. And mm. because what they're doing is they're not just associating Rolex with those charities, which you would have to get some kind of Rolex PR involved, I think, but also you're highlighting something that Rolex don't want people to know, which is that, Hey, you, the, these watches are going on the gray market far more than what the retail price is. <laughs> like if you ask Rolex, the retail price is the retail price, isn't it? A, a Daytona is worth 12,500. Date just is worth 7,900 on a Jubilee. The Rolex don't think that the date just, they don't publicize that the date just is, Oh, well we put 7,900 on, but it's going to cost you 12. Do they? So you, you kind of using that, that bit of the, the hidden part of the gray market to try and do good for a charity that Delta. But um, so I think they, they, they could have gone about that. Like you said, a, a, a much 
better way. I mean, any money that goes to charity is obviously fantastic. We would love to donate to those charities if, if they would post them because they all seem like extremely worthy causes. I know that I've donated to charity on some of my videos, but not necessarily publicized it. So, yeah. But yeah. So what do you guys think the feature is for these guys? Because, I mean, they still have 108,000 people that are still kind of holding on and they've gone nowhere. And I guarantee in the in that last apology video that Anthony did or whatever, um, there's a lot of positive comments on there, right? There's some I negative, think, but there's a lot of positive. So. I think they could definitely come back. But what's interesting is how do you get to that point to where he was saying in the video he became arrogant? and forgot about the love of watches. Right. And he was just looking at the business side. How did you get to that point? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, think you, I think that's a great point because nobody tuned into their channel because they thought that they knew a lot about watches. Right. People tuned right. in because it gave us a glimpse into a side of the industry that is, is a secret usually, isn't it? The gray market yeah. is a secret. That's why you see so many is Joe Mashop legit comments on Facebook, don't you? Because right. it, it seems almost like, well, how does this work? Where does it, you know, where do they get the watches from? And and, and why right. can't I get them? And is, is this the reason why these hard to, um, hard to get models are hard to get because they're being hoarded by. So, that, so they gave that, that glimpse in, which I think was their unique selling point. I think you're, you're right, P Ross, when they went more on the, the flamboyant side people right. love that flamboyant content but once you put yourself on that pedestal there's plenty of people that want to see you right. you fall off it uh -huh. um, i mean you can be flamboyant but just don't forget what you're doing it for you know what i mean yeah like, like producer michael's a, a prime example yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of producer Michael, there's a claim this Lux report that a producer Michael is actually an investor in Timepiece Gentleman. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt it. Didn't he because... release something on his uh, Instagram? Did he? Producer Michael? I think he did. Yeah, the I reason he turned yeah. down the interview right. with them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh -huh. I don't I don't follow that guy, to be honest with you. He's, he's a little too flamboyant for me. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, well, speaking of YouTube, I know um, P. Ross, you've heard about this, right? Uh, this this YouTube is doing some crazy things to content creators and oh, yeah. things. And I mean, what happened to our friend uh, Joey mm -hmm. from Just One More Watch? I mean, that was that was pretty pretty bad. You know, but it was that would never happen to somebody like PewDiePie. They would never do PewDiePie like that. Well, PewDiePie you know I mean? wasn't he? They did. He they made... did do him like that once, though, didn't they? I think PewDiePie did. They? Didn't they? Did, didn't they de turn his money off? They didn't delete. You're right. They would never delete his. Channel. They would never delete Jake his Paul. channel. Make it too much money. Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah they would never turn off yeah. his channel. But they like somebody like Jody, over what? How many subscribers Jody got? Almost two hundred. Almost two hundred. To us, that's big. But to YouTube, that's small change. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's they easy don't care. To do. You know what I mean? Yeah, YouTube don't. We're 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 a fringe of a fringe of a fringe aren't we the watch collecting community mm -hmm. yeah. we're a you know we don't even have a there isn't even a category of jewelry and luxury goods is there i mean we're under the how-to and hobbies or something right. category yeah, aren't you're right. we? somebody you're right. is somebody is maliciously going after these channels it's somebody right. that's highlighting them to youtube that's going and it could be one of the bigger brands and Chris and I talked about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago 
um, in fact, five or six weeks ago, I checked now, we kind of inadvertently predicted this was going to happen, where we said that we think the YouTube community has to be very careful about doing fake watch reviews. And yeah. I know the intentions are good. Like, oh, this fake watch is, oh, this is how you can tell this fake. But what I think the same with the timepiece gentleman where the pendulum's on either side, there's certain people that are like, oh my God, this really, like nobody would ever know that this is a fake Rolex unless you, a, a trained watchmaker. I mean, Generelli showed that that Daytona was only a skilled watchmaker would ever know. So you're telling one side of the community, hey, don't buy a fake. And then, but other people are hearing, you could totally get away with this. Nobody would ever I wouldn't know, even you know your favorite YouTuber. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would ever know you're wearing a fake. Only a skilled watchmaker would know. You could yeah. totally get away with it. So so one person's hearing that message and somebody else is hearing a, oh my God, this is scary. Um, you know, I've got to be really careful when I'm buying a Rolex. And I'm I'm so grateful that you've shown this in detail. So there's that kind of and I think it, it it was a very risky line to walk. We don't know, assuming that that is the reason that the fake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know. Yeah, for um, sure. But a lot of people are getting affected, like uh, Jory Goodman, the time teller. Obviously, yeah. he had two of his videos uh, deleted with Replica. And obviously, I followed his channel for his journey for a long time. And I know he hates Replica watches. So same thing. Mm-hmm. He talked about Replica watches, but in a negative way. Like, don't buy them. Don't fool yourself. And then mm-hmm. Ben, right? Ben's Watch Club. He also had a video deleted uh, recently. And it's like, what which is one of his on? was deleted? I don't even know which one was deleted, but it was his latest video, apparently. But it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know if brands are are taking notice of how easy it is to report these people. And if somebody's bashing their, their, their watch or not bashing it, but not really speaking highly of it. And they have mm. a lot of subscribers, maybe they get upset mm. like, Oh, well, screw you. I'm going to go and report you. So that video could be taken down, but it's like, no, it, it, you shouldn't. I mean, if, if, if somebody's criticizing your bezel or your alignment or something, then go and change that and, and right. then come back around and you'll be a, a better watch and more respected for right. doing that. You know? But the thing is, I seriously doubt when YouTube delete these videos that they actually look at them. I doubt it. You know what I mean? I know they don't look at them. They just get the, 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 the thing and delete. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and that's not cool. You know, because yeah. it's a vi- you're, you're right, P. Ross. It's a violation of their terms and conditions, regardless right. of the intent of the video. Mm-hmm. You still are showing a fake watch. The intent to them doesn't matter whether you're like, oh, never ever buy this watch, or you could right. totally get away with this watch. The intent doesn't matter. It's a right. violation of their yeah. rule right. of showing right. counterfeit goods. Yeah, I yeah. give an example on uh, my other channel. We had did a. Uh, we had seen a Janet Jackson concert and we were sitting in the car after the concert, just talking about the concert. A few days later, the video was deleted Hmm. and it was deleted because they, the video had actual footage of Janet Jackson performing and the video didn't. So I went tooth to nail with these people. Like this is bull. You know what I mean? Ain't no Janet Jackson in it. So I emailed, the lady's boss, he emailed me back like, I'm so sorry, you know what I mean, blah, 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 blah. And he made her take the copyright strike off of that video and put it back up. So oh, they wow. don't, they don't, okay. yeah, they don't, they don't check this stuff out because they had no idea about what they were talking about. Janet Jackson wasn't even in the video. It was just me and a friend of mine. 
So wow. do you think, were you talking about the lyrics or something? Because I've heard that even if you say the lyrics to a song... We, want, we didn't can, say nothing. We didn't uh, say you hear the music in the background? No music. We were just sitting in the car talking about the show, how good the show was. Wow. That was it. Is she really that good in concert? Yeah, she's great. She's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I always wonder the parallel between Michael Jackson and Janet, who was better. I, I think Janet <laughs> the kick I think Janet really? kicked Michael ass, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Michael's not around to defend himself now, is he? <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, that she had her own uh publicity stunt didn't she oh, that she's yeah. probably never come back from the same as yeah. um timepiece gentleman you're right, right. you're right mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and yeah. and but i mean that was on a mass scale and then the super bowl and whatnot but uh, one thing that i do know is that i think the timepiece gentleman just kind of put that to rest is all of us watch enthusiasts real watch enthusiasts we lost respect for him and not only that i think his buddies like roman and eric and all of them i don't think they're going to be buddies anymore i'm pretty sure and they're not even talking are they i don't even know but the way that it was so stupid right the the when the video came out of oh this is a pr stunt or whatever um anthony basically came out and said um like, oh, I was just, I didn't tell anybody because I was testing their friendship. I was testing their loyalty. It's like, what? That's about that is, today, wasn't it? That is total BS, especially publicly saying that in front of everybody because now all of us are doubting them. Well, what made you doubt them? Did, 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 what, what, are they not good people? Why, why, no. what? So, especially where it's built on trust, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if, if, I think we should do a shout out for that Gray Market channel, Romans. I mean, that show that he does is, that is a net, Netflix worthy show that I mean they film it like it's Netflix they are incredibly knowledgeable about watches yeah. it, it, it doesn't you have to watch a few I think to realize because you might watch it and think all oh, these guys are just dealing watches and they're flying all over the place to to do it but real especially about AP and some of the watches that in our lifetime we would never see in person they incredibly knowledgeable about it and it's, it's great entertainment as well the, the way they yeah. film it yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and the the thing that I do respect about Roman is and his team is that they're in this raggedy looking business uh, building, I'm sorry. And um and, and he's talked about it. He's like, I don't want this flashy thing and there's a lot of money inside and it just it is what it is, you know? And and the, the difference between him and the timepiece gentleman is the lifestyle, right? Timepiece gentleman, yachts and Ferraris and this and that. And Roman is just like, nah, I just I care about the business and and yeah, you're right. You know, they're extremely knowledgeable and talks about the, the employees and the relationship between the employees and you got to do better, you know, and you get more commission and whatnot. So it's like a real, you're looking into the life of a great market dealer, you know what I mean? But because of Anthony now, that kind of got ruined for me too. I don't even know if I want to watch the great market anymore because I'm like, I don't know. They're yeah, kind of I, I still like it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, Roman always had in the intro to that, he always had like, a little dig i think i don't know if you if you're yeah, in the hundred million stops. dollars yeah. yeah he says i i don't need to make a hundred million dollar business i i've done it like, I already, i'm not playing i'm it. not playing the game i'm i am the game type of thing. <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny yeah yeah that's funny all right sam well we're in the part of the show let's talk other things we only got a little bit of time but uh other hobbies food you want to recommend places you want to recommend what well, it's it's your your time talk about it or you could talk watches whatever you want to talk about but it's just other things so wow um yeah it's interesting um i mean we just re- recently moved to florida and we're really enjoying it um Ooh, so I we're just in came from florida 
Oh, wow. You're in Orlando? Yeah. Just came from Orlando. Okay. Wow. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He used to live Piras. He was here in Southern California. So we were neighbors yet. We were neighbors yet. We never met each other. And it was my fault. I know we should have made an effort to meet each other, maybe film some stuff or not just go mm. out to lunch. And we never did. And now he's in Florida. So <laughs> Orlando yeah. is great. Oh yeah. It's a great place. Yeah. We're really liking it. My, uh, yeah we've so we we'd like going to the the theme park still i don't know if i can create a, a little another niche of watch stroke disney theme park content <laughs> <laughs> i know Invicta makes a lot of uh disney theme yeah uh, it's citizen watches. as well i know i know p ross that's one of your favorites the yeah. citizen brand they they yeah. do a whole collab and, and some of their ones the, what i like about the citizen kind of marvel collaborations and uh, is that they're not all obnoxious ones they're some of them are really well made like that oh, yeah. falcon and the winter soldier ones that they did yeah. and that's a great watch in its own right you would never know it, the destiny necessarily the mm-hmm. tie-in yeah but sure. very how's the weather though how's the weather in orlando as opposed to california because i know it's humid over there yeah it's it's definitely hotter than i, I mean Miguel, a, a lot of people, because I'm originally from Manchester, so it rains there a lot of the time. It, it rains yeah. there a lot of the time. So when I moved to SoCal, the weather's just fantastic. But somebody always said to me, if you like the weather in Southern California, you can never live anywhere else. Because <laughs> it's like the one part in the world that just seems to have the perfect mix of not really hot, yeah. not really cold. And there's no like extreme weather. There's no hurricanes or tornadoes. Or right. I mean, you've got the, obviously, earthquakes, but it's uh, you yeah. know they're not an annual right 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 so so is that true you live in, in orlando now what, what do you think is that true it's definitely warmer <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's definitely warmer i don't mind the humidity at the moment but there's a lot of people are, are saying well you wait this isn't everyone you speak to is like well this isn't proper this isn't proper summer yet so we'll, we'll oh. see how we endure but um we're just <laughs> renting see, at the moment let's see for me I'm, i live in cincinnati and when i got to florida it was totally different and I loved it because like the humidity in the Midwest is like terrible. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, Ooh, man, like you get everything up here. I've been to Atlanta when it's been summer, when it's been really humid and yeah. you feel like you're stepping into a sauna or something right. or like steam room is, <laughs> yeah. it hits you straight away. It, it's worse in Cincinnati. It's worse. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. It's worse. Yeah, I don't know if I could live anywhere else. And that, that we, we've been talking about that, right? The wife and I, like, okay, if we really did move out of California because it's so damn expensive, like real yeah. estate and everything's so expensive here. But where would we move to? Because we're so spoiled by California. You know, we've been here for so long. Yeah. So we just kind of dropped the talk. Like, yeah, I was just thinking. Right. He's got to work I think, harder. I think Florida's a good shout. Um, you know, we, we, we also toyed with um, with Denver as well. Um, really you know yeah i I spend a lot of time actually in the midwest for for work um and there's some great cities uh, in the in the midwest so what what was the deterrent then the snow you're like i i can't do the snow um I, i don't know really um i mean i've been there in the dead of winter and it's anybody in the UK that's watching this and think that they've experienced a winter, I think some parts of America, I've been in, I've been in uh, Montana in the winter, been Chicago mm. in the dead Chicago, of winter. Chicago, man. In- Chicago is terrible in the winter. Yikes. Yeah. Terrible. But, um, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, terrible. Detroit. Oh, not, yeah. Terrible. Not, 
Um, what are actually not to do with De- Detroit, but one of the cities that I really liked that I didn't, because when you watch TV in the UK, you don't get a sense of this at all. But um, Baltimore, I thought was was a beautiful city. Oh, Whereas yeah. in the UK, we only ever got like the wire, I think, on the TV. Right, so. right, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I guess well, if we're going to round it out on watches, I mean, have you guys have you guys bought any new watches this week? What what <laughs> this week? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I ain't maybe I should... this week. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so, sorry. I mean, I know it's Sunday, <laughs> right? maybe the last two weeks. Wow, Sam. <laughs> uh, last two weeks, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, P. Ross, Christopher Ward on the way. So, first, Christopher no. Ward. Talk about they... it. What, what do you want to talk about? Which one, or is it a surprise? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll tease, uh, I'll tease it. They did, if anybody even even thinks about they want to buy a Christopher Ward, join that VIP thing on theirs. Because not only do they send you $125 voucher once every couple of months, don't they? I don't know if, you, Miguel, if you're on their VIP. No, I'm It's not. free, their VIP mailing list, join up to it. But then they did this exclusive um, drop, basically. Um, it was on Tuesday. I posted it on my Facebook group because they only sent it to the members of their VIP mailing list. I'm saying VIP. All you have to do is just sign up to their mailing list. They just call it VIP. Okay. Um, they dropped all of the watches that had been returned for um, just because people didn't like them because they do that great 60-60 warranty where you can wear it, you can have it for 60 days and return it. So they dropped all of those that have been returned. So I managed to snag one of the watches and I'll I'll probably show on the show. I think this was like a $1,200 watch for like $700. The sale was insane. And it's it's not old. Some of it was old stock, but some of it was new. They had that super compressor on there. Watches that have been returned. Incredible. So yeah, I, I kind of, took the plunge and and bought my first uh, christopher ward I, you mm. know i'm a fan of the brand anyway because because uh, of mike review, so. no, <laughs> yeah no we we yeah. had um so after we had mike i had never handled a, a c ward neither had p and we told mike we're like hey yeah we never seen one of your watches in the metal he's like oh we need to change that so as soon as we you know posted everything everything went live um you know we we had one of their team members contact us and they sent the the moon glow the C1? Is it the C1 oh, yeah. Moonglo? Oh, my yeah. God. I think P. Ross. Do you still have it? Yeah. P. Ross is just holding on to yeah. it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really yeah. cool watch. So Video is coming out this week, though. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Th- what they do with their cases is, I think it's probably one of the best value Swiss. I, I mean, I'm throwing around some bold statements, aren't I, on your, on your show? But <laughs> the, the, what the machining that they do on those cases is incredible. Really and good. the attention to detail, mm. the hands and everything. No, well, what you get for your money, definitely Seaward is is next level. And in my opinion, and I think I told this to to Mike, uh, they're not considered micro brand. You know, they're they're more of an independent, I think. You know, at this point, so they're pretty well respected. So yeah, anybody watching or listening, new into watches, Christopher Ward is definitely a really good brand to get into. You know, so but to answer your question, Sam, I personally have not bought any new watches, and it's interesting because. At one point in my in my watch collecting journey, I was addicted to buying new watches, and it was just yeah. like uh, this this thing that just never ended. But in November 2020, I picked up my Seiko SPB 143 for whatever reason. That just did it for me. And then after that, the only new watch that I personally bought was a GP, so vintage um, Gerard Perigo. Mm-hmm. It was a little too small for me, so I flipped it over to to P. Ross. He now owns it. But what's been feeding kind of my addiction, I think. There he is. 
what's been feeding my addiction from uh, maybe not buying watches is I've been fortunate enough to get watches in for review and I get to keep them or things like this Orient, uh, one of the Levi, if you're watching or listening, thank you. He sent this and an Islander for free. He's like, I don't wear them. I want you to have them. So I'm like, what the heck? So things like that, you know, have been kind of feeding my addiction. But I am saving, uh, and I might have to sell some pieces. I am saving for my first, not, I guess it's not my first luxury watch because I do have the, the little speedy. But I'm undecided, and I'll let it out of, I'll, I'll let people know I'm, I'm undecided between a Tudor BB58, the original one with the gilt dial, or a vintage like 1980s date just with a blacked out uh, Jubilee bracelet and a fluted bezel. So mm. I'm kind of on the fence what I want and I'll tell you why. So for a long time, I wanted that date just right. It was just kind of like the entry level Rolex, your everyday Rolex. You could change the strap. Obviously it's Mariners, my ultimate grail, but I don't have that kind of money, but I'm like, I could probably get into a day just, but the problem is the water resistance and like the value keeps going up. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'll, I could, comfortably wear that the bb58 i could i could beat it around yeah. i don't really care it's a great watch it's a newer watch right i could get it pre-owned but it, at a great value so i'm kind of undecided however from a perspective of um investing money i know the the smartest route is rolex because it's only going to go up or it's going to retain its value but how much enjoyment am i going to get out of it and furthermore Datejust, even vintage Datejust, costs more expensive than a Tudor, like a thousand dollars more or eight hundred dollars more. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it, you're totally right about the, um, the the Rolex. I bought one as an investment. I don't, I don't wear it. I bought the um, Oyster Perpetual. I don't know if you watched one of the recent episodes. I bought it through an AD, and the actual AD came on. So I bought one of the the not the Tiffany blue, but the the Royal Blue OP. Are you flipping um, it? But <laughs> what are you doing? No, no I'm, gonna, I'm keeping it. I wear it on special occasions, but it's definitely one of those because I realized that, you know, I, I, I mess around with, you know, play around with Bitcoin a little bit and stocks and shares. But then I started to think, well, what do I really know about that is a fun investment? And and Rolex was was came up. So I lucky yeah. enough to get through a, a Rolex AD, uh, one of the Congrats, OPs. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I um, that's, that's kind of... I don't keep it in the, the house. It's stored away in a, somewhere else. But you heard that right. It, it's not in his house, okay? No, it's not <laughs> don't in my come house. Right. No, don't come looking for it. Um, so I'll get it out on special occasions. But I've found a new respect for Rolex owning one. Uh, the first really? one I've ever owned. My, my wife's got a date, just uh, the small ladies one that she, yep. she got from my mum. I, I would I would get a date just, I would think I would get a date just that grey dial and maybe build up a, a small small collection like maybe two or three pieces just to you've got that reassurance that they're never going to go down in value um but yeah yeah no i agree with you but but and i guess that's the problem right the problem is am i buying something just as an investment or am i buying something to really enjoy it because the way that i see tutor and i found a whole new respect for for tutor i've i've known tutor for a long time but for whatever reason it just my friends started getting them david and nomar and people talking about tutor and where tutor is going in the future and it's like tutor to me is a brand that if you know you know you know you're a watch yeah. enthusiast nobody knows who tutor is nobody would even know how much tutor is worth so i like that but in the same token rolex as a watch collector it's almost like it's a rite of passage 
right? Yeah. You kind of mm-hmm. need to own a Rolex at some point in your watch collecting journey or else you just haven't experienced it, I, I guess. I, I don't know. So yeah, maybe something that's just in my head. I don't know. We just did, um, j- not to uh, plug my latest upload on your channel, but we just, so we just yesterday launched this, the Rolex AD Justin, um, local Rolex AD here in Orlando, actual Rolex store. He mm-hmm. also had experience selling Tudor. So we just did an entire upload yes. just on Tudor and why, yes. why they are just, why they are doing so well and why they, for anybody that hasn't heard about them, that they should definitely look into them seriously. Even if you're thinking of buying a, a Rolex or another luxury brand, whether it be, you know, Omega or Breitling or whatever, that Tudor yeah. should definitely be one that you look look for as well, especially I, in I recent was, years. I was going to watch that video. It said what a, what a Rolex AD really thinks about Tudor or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, mm. ah, yes, I want to click on that. I want to see what they think about it. <laughs> but, uh, okay, P. Ross, other things. Star Wars, man, you know what it is. All Bad right. Batch. Still finally caught up. I'm finally caught up. All it's right. great. It is great. And I watched Black Widow last night. I'm not gonna give no spoilers. Ooh, you did. It was awesome. Do you have the premiere? You paid for premiere? Or? Yeah, I paid for it. Yeah, I had to see it. Wow. Wow. I had to see it. How are you good? Don't don't spoil it. But is it good? You it was great. I thought it was great, and I definitely recommend it. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. Well, I'm excited to watch that. Other things for me, man, nothing going on. Just been really busy, just kind of uploading things and trying to trying to keep the momentum going and, and trying to be motivated. You know, uh, Sam, you brought up a good point even before we got on and he was talking about my channel and the growth <laughs> and the numbers and all that. And and yeah, you know, you get caught up as a, as a content creator on the numbers and the subscriptions and the likes and the comments. But at the end of the day, the, the core of this whole YouTube thing was to have fun and kind of create an outlet for myself to not bombard my wife and my family with my hobby. And it's just what I've been doing, you know, and I've been involving as uh, in filming and photography and I've, it's cool, you know, to take that hobby that started as a hobby and maybe create other hobbies within the hobby, if that makes any sense. And that's kind of what I've just been doing, you know, and yesterday I went to the beach with the family. I haven't been there in a while. It was fun. Just kind of getting away to, one of the watches took a few uh, b-roll shots i didn't want to get too involved with that because then the wife gets a little angry that i'm working on my channel <laughs> when i'm supposed to be spending time with the family so yeah that's about it <coughs> yeah but sam where can people find you man yeah head on over to the it's called casual watch reviews on youtube if you just search for me the it's a blue blue logo or if you're typing it in, it's you know youtube.com forward slash C for channel forward slash the casual watch reviewer. You'll you'll find me there, and mm-hmm. either on my own doing watch reviews or with Chris or a special guest over on uh, Casual Watch Talk. And of course, we've got a very vibrant Facebook group also called Casual Watch Talk, which is a great community being formed there. Some great conversations that we're having over nice. some real watch lovers with all different spectrums mm, okay. we've been having a great discussion with uh somebody who loves homage watches we've been having a great discussion <laughs> back and forth on there so oh, um, head on over we'd love to hear from you that sounds fun that sounds fun how many uh how many episodes on your podcast wow we we, we started off as audio 
Um, more recently, I guess the last 15 to 20 have been YouTube, but we're just slightly behind you. We're on 76 at the moment. Nice. So you do the same thing we do, right? You do audio and then you do video. You're still doing Yeah, so audio thing. over on yeah. iTunes, similar to you. Yeah. And, cool. and, and your other favorite podcast. <coughs> yeah, no, for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to collaborate. Hopefully we'll have uh chris on on the next episode and of course we want to go on your show and, and kind of do this as well so that way we're excited you know we're we're it, it there's a term out there that real knows real and and that's cool you know that we've known each other for so long and we never thought about doing podcasts right it was all about youtube and videos and we kind of evolved into this and yeah let, let's support each other obviously there's so many people in this space and we just gotta support each other you know, but uh, sure. hey, Ross, where can people find you, man? I just uh, dropped a uh, a join on the casual watch talk on Facebook. So it's pending right now. Let me in. Um, okay. Uh, Ross wristwatch love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Nice. Go follow him. Go show him some love. He's working on some new content. So that's cool. And me, SoCal Watch Reviews, of course, on YouTube, Instagram, and this uh, podcast. And Relojando is my Spanish channel is doing pretty well. Uh, getting a lot of love from my community, from my Hispanic community. So that's pretty cool. We want to grow that. So, yeah, if you want to leave a comment on this podcast, Sam, what, what, how do I know you and I run the same platforms? What's the easiest way for people to rate our show and, and leave some comments on our show? I think YouTube's 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 got it sorted, hasn't it, with the comments back and forth yeah. or, or over on the Facebook groups. What about the audio? Because I know the podcast could get rated as well, but I think it's only through iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. Yeah, you can you can rate us on there. You can leave a little review as well. Cool. Always uh, very much appreciated. I know there's different yeah. audiences for both, isn't there? Some people like to listen as they're, as right, they're working right. or whatever. But, but it helps tremendously because I know the more like the audio portion, right? So our, if, mm -hmm. if you were to ask me, and I don't know about you guys, but our video portion of the podcast does better than the audio portion of the podcast. And, and that's cool. That's okay. Obviously people like seeing the people that are talking, that's cool. But in order for our audio to be found by more people and perhaps new watch collectors, the more you rate, the more you comment on either iTunes, I think Spotify, I'm not hundred percent mm -hmm. sure more people may be able to find you because they recommend your show, right? So if you only have five people commenting within a span of two years, then you pretty, there's no interaction there. So we definitely need everybody's help to go to Sam, right? Go to his podcast, yeah. help him out, his audio, help us yeah. out because this is, this is, this takes a long time guys, right? So from mm -hmm. taking the time to come up with the guest list, what we're going to talk about to the editing, to the posting, to the reply back to the comments it's, it's, it's a ton of work we do it because we love it but at the same time being rewarded for it is always nice you know and we're not asking for money we're just asking for a like and a comment so and it's yep. free it's free it's free for now until you 100 start free. charging people or whatever they're gonna <laughs> do so <laughs> i don't know but all right sam thank you so much yes. for coming on p ross yeah, always pleasure always all right guys well thank you so much stay humble